Welcome to Sydney Property Insider, giving you news and insights on the Sydney property market. Your hosts are Michelle May, a professional buyer's agent and owner of her independent buyer's agency, and Marcus Roberts, a member of Property Investment Professionals of Australia and owner of leading mortgage broker firm, Brighter Finance. Hi and welcome to the Sydney Property Insider podcast, our weekly podcast series where we talk about all things property in the city of Sydney. Hi Michelle, how are you today? Good, how are you? Yeah, very well, very well. So today in the news, you mentioned something you saw over the weekend. What was that? Uh, yes, I read about how the Sydney of Sydney has changed its stance on Airbnb and um, now favours uh, owners to have a final say as opposed to them having the final say about whether they will allow it in strata apartment buildings. So previously they were considering um, it uh, to make it an exempt development, which would have permitted whole homes, including strata apartments in residential only zones being leased as holiday rentals. So now they've sort of done a, a turn on that and, and are strongly considering that strata committees should be given the power to restrict short-term nesting in their building as long as there's strong support. So a minimum of 75% majority of owners would have to vote for it or against it. Okay. I think it's a good idea to do that, you know, giving the power back to the owners of the building. Ultimately, they're the ones who own it. So, Of course, um, they're the ones that are living in on a day-by-day basis. They're the ones that are bought into that asset. So giving some power back to the people that are actually the ones, you know, dealing with it on a day-to-day basis certainly yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. And, and, you know, given this city obviously invites a lot of tourism uh, year on year, you know, you as an owner now have the power to choose to um, – Put up with some of the, you know, the things that are negatives, but also certainly the positives of obviously of earning an extra income as an Airbnb host. I know that I've I've used Airbnb in the past and it's been great all over yeah. the world. So yeah, so it's it's great that people are now the residents are getting to choose. Hopefully, getting to choose what um, what they decide to do. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that was in the Sydney Morning Herald on Saturday, wasn't Correct. it? Correct. Yes, yes, it was. Yes. So today we're talking about first homeowners schemes and how they work in New South Wales and where it started off and what that means for you um, if you're getting into the market. Now, Marcus, I feel like the first homeowners assistant has been around for a long time um, in some shape or form. When did it actually start? Yeah, it really does feel like it has been around for decades or for a long time. And we're now coming up to almost 20 years um, that first homeowners have had some level of assistance. Originally, the first homeowners grant was set up for properties that were completed on or after July 1st, 2000. Now, at that time, it was a $7,000 one-off grant, and that was re-established to assist first home buyers in purchasing their first home. Now, eligibility was, was and still is that one of the applicants had to have PR or citizenship to be over 18 years old and to not have owned any property in Australia prior to July 2000. Now, it was originally set up July 1st, 2000, you know, our older listeners might remember, is a very important date. That was the date that GST first came into, into place. And the grant was really set up to offset the effect of GST on home ownership, which came in on that same day. Now, GST applied on new properties, uh, and the idea was that the grant gave that final push to assist first home buyers who, in years past, would not have had GST to pay on buying that new property that suddenly they needed to on July 1st. Now, some of the requirements with that scheme were you had to live in the property for at least six of the first 12 months since 
purchase. And the reason for this was to make it a first home buyer, not a first investment property buyer scheme. Now, a lot of the things that have changed over the last 18 years have been the specific amounts, but broadly speaking, the ideas and sort of the, the rationale has remained the same. The idea of assistance is to get young people into the property market and really to help get them that last little push to, to purchase their first home rather than you know, become property moguls. Some of the unforeseen consequences in that uh, original first homeowners owners grant were that the government was really interesting in keeping construction rolling and also helping you know the majority of first homeowners with that final push but what did occur was some first home buyers were you know looking at million dollar plus properties and, and getting an extra 7000 through after completion or after after settlement of a property which could have at, at the time been established and could have been you know these prestige properties rather than what the purpose was which is simply for, you know, a, a young couple or a young individual just trying to get into the property market. So one of the first changes that the government made was they said, okay, well, we're no longer giving grants to those massive um, mega mansions. And they did put caps in place of 750 grand and then 835,000 as purchase prices in 2010 and 2012, respectively. So if you're buying over that, you don't receive the grant. Now, it was quite simple. It was um, just a, a hard cap of 750 and 835 grand. And after 2012, was it replaced with something else? What do we have now? Yeah, so it was replaced. Many of the ideas were carried over from the old scheme to the, to the newer scheme. And the first homeowner's grant new home scheme was put in place for first home buyers to build or purchase new homes. So that's really important to, to understand the distinction here is not buying existing. This was for buying off the plant or building or construction or, you know, buying something as, um, as a first occupancy to help the construction industry and help the housing industry continue. Now, that $7,000 grant, because we were looking at new homes, was increased $15,000 through the end of 2015. And then from January 2016, that was then reduced from fifteen dollars to $10,000. Again, new home being classified as a home that has never been previously occupied or sold as a place of res residence. And they put a cap in place for that, again, to stop um, this from being for people buying a $2 million property. And that cap was at $600,000 for a purchase or $750,000 for a build. And um, how do you apply for this grant? Yeah, so it's something certainly good to know prior to, to getting uh, putting an offer in and saying, oh, by the way, I think I can get the first homeowners. <laughs> um, application does need to be within 12 months of completion or settlement of your new home. And in general, you can lodge the application through your lender or directly through the Office of State Revenue New South Wales. In most cases, it's generally best to do it via your lender as the grant is generally then available at settlement or in the case of builds, available at first construction drawdown. And we'll put a link into the show notes to a copy of the application form. It is fairly straightforward. It's 23 pages, which seems like a lot. The first 13 pages are really, um, you know, some, some commentary around eligibility and so forth. So it, it really shouldn't take too much time. Again, for free money, if it's applicable to you, um, certainly worth doing. Absolutely. Is there anything else you uh, want to make a note of? 
Yeah, so um, besides the first homeowners grant for new homes, first homeowners do also get um, concessions on transfer duty, but it's dependent on what they're purchasing. So New South Wales has had the first home new home scheme for some exemptions to transfer duty, but that was then replaced um, this last year with the first home buyers assistance scheme. Now, the first home buyers assistance scheme provides stamp duty concessions and exemptions for people buying their first home, either new or established. So it doesn't matter whether it's off the plan, it doesn't matter whether it's been there for 20 years, it's um, concessions and exemptions for anyone buying their first home. So in New South Wales, up to $650,000 purchase price, there's an exemption on transfer duty. So you put that into your calculations. If you're buying $640,000, you don't need to worry about the extra that you would for stamp duty. And then between six hundred fifty to eight hundred thousand, there is a concession on transfer duty. There are calculators. The OSR has a really good one. We can um, we can provide in the show notes. But over eight hundred thousand. So if you're buying your first home and you're looking at a million dollar property, there is no concession for that. Um, the government feels that you know for your first home, they expect most people are looking somewhere under eight hundred thousand. Of course, in Sydney, that may be a very small unit or it may not be in an area that you're um, as keen on it as you may be for a higher amount, but it is there to help with most um, first-home buyers. So certainly uh, property developers are advertising heavily with this factor, obviously helping first-home buyers doing the right thing and, and getting extra money to purchase. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so one thing that, I mean, I, I know myself, even I've um, had a number of people ask me about um, over the last couple of years is they see a lot of ads on Facebook or they see a lot of um, Instagram ads or, you know, ads that come up in their mobile feed that talk about, or they're from property developers talking about, you know, buy this property and get, um, get free money. Now, it is an easy marketing tactic to put forward as, as you're getting 10000 supposedly $10,000 from the government, and many developers then play this card in their marketing towards prospects. I'm certainly not one to turn down free money, <laughs> um, but make sure that, as we've said before, make sure the fundamentals still stack up. You know, Is the property still worth the cost? Is there a good track record from, from the builder? Are you sure that the $10,000 grant hasn't simply been added to the likely purchase price because the developer knows that if you're a first home buyer, you are probably getting that if you meet the eligibility criteria? That's a that's a very very clear point. That's a very good point actually. That um, you're not just being sold to on the basis of, of of this grant. So make sure that it is actually the the property that you're uh, you're wanting to buy, regardless of yeah, regardless of that yeah. money. And ultimately, just don't purchase purely for the reason of getting a grant. And again, mm-hmm. free money is free money. Don't have any qualms about that. However, make sure that the asset that you're buying is going to help with your overall wealth plan for the future. Yeah. And also, you know, really understand your eligibility. So do you have a de facto or a spouse that has already received assistance? Make sure that you are eligible for the grant or for the assistance that you're seeking. So if your if your de facto partner or spouse has received it, you are no longer eligible. That's yeah, that's that's typically correct. correct. Mm-hmm. So um, really understand, you know, ultimately understand your eligibility mm-hmm. before 
putting that into your calculations before putting that towards your um, your initial savings towards that purchase. Yeah. And are there uh, any other changes or schemes on the horizon for people looking to buy? Yeah, I mean, it's something that we, you know, we've mentioned, um, you and I have mentioned off air, but I've yet to actually see anyone looking to utilise this or asking about this just yet. But in the past year, the government has established this first home super saver scheme in response to increasing cost pressures for property purchases. So for, you know, your first home buyers, allowing them to put some of their savings, put some savings into superannuation, given that super generally provides a favorable tax treatment in contrast to your wages, which are charged or taxed at a marginal tax rate. Now, again, you know, you need to seek a, a professional financial advice to see if this is relevant for you. But here are, I guess, some of my some of my initial thoughts after reading through the legislation, reading through uh, what's on offer. You can make concessional contributions up to $15,000 in a year. Now, concessional contributions, for those that don't know, those are um, salary sacrifice. Those are in addition to what your um, employer is putting through. So you're you, you putting in extra money and not taking it as a um, as wages. That goes towards your concessional contribution. Now, I think really there's some things to think about if you're looking to use super as a vehicle for genuine savings. You know, super was originally set up for your retirement. Retirement might be 15 to 35 years away, but it was really created to help fund your later years once you retire. Now, generally, super goes up and down and is dependent on what you're invested in. If you put $15,000 in, the value drops through your investments and then you apply for release. Understand what that has done to your superannuation, your overall savings. Super also has fees, charges, insurance premiums, um, etc. You know, understand the impact on what you're putting in. And, and legislation, you know, as we've seen in countless budgets across um, differing governments, government has this this nasty way of using super almost as their constant tinkering tool. So what what applies now might not be in place in two years' time or in three years' time, in five years' time. Mm. It really depends on which way the wind is blowing on any given day for the government in power. On top of that, to then get your funds, as I understand it, to get your funds out of super after you know putting those in towards your first home, you need to request a determination from the Commissioner of Taxation after July 2018. If your super fund then complies with that determination from the Commissioner of Taxation, funds are released to the ATO, who then withholds tax of either your marginal tax rate less an offset of 30% or 17% if the Commissioner is unable to estimate your marginal tax rate. So it's not as simple as you take $15,000 out of the fund, you receive $15,000 in your bank account. There is, yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so really look into how that's calculated, what you're actually getting out of. If the say last, the other big point with this is that the super saver first home scheme is there for your first home. It's not there for trips. It's not there for, um, for boats. It's not there for a new car and so forth. And given superannuation is for your retirement, 
understand what happens if you apply to take it out for any other purpose other than buying your first home. And again, get some professional advice around that. But generally, this is here for your first home. It's not there for any other type of purchase. All in all, I mean, to me, that sounds like a lot of trouble to use savings that otherwise could have been held in a a very simple savings account that is easy to use, easy to use for any other purpose. It's not reliant on anyone else. You're not waiting for the commissioner of taxation to draw up their own schedule and their own understanding of um, how it should apply to you, applying to then superannuation fund to release those funds to the ATO. The ATO then taking withholding tax out and sending you the money. Savings accounts much simpler than that. Simply you have the money in your ING account or or similar. Um, If you go onto internet banking, you can take it out. You're not reliant on anyone else. And on top of that, we're we're talking about $15,000, which really for a property in Sydney, even if you're using bank money for 95% of the purchase, that's only $300,000 purchase. So it's not mm-hmm. getting you that, you know, that first home super saver scheme is not getting you $200,000 towards property, even if you, even if you try using it, it's only there for that, that minor amount. So really think if it's, if it's appropriate for you, or whether just having a savings account is more transparent, easier, quicker, um, all those good things. Yeah, because it does sound like an enormous amount of trouble for not that much of a gain from my, you know, my point of view. But obviously, you need to look into that. If it makes the you need to get your own advice. Yeah. You need to get your own advice and see if it's the yeah. right thing for you. Mm-hmm. But again, I haven't had anyone come to me directly and saying this is something they'd like to use. Um, and you know, I'd really look into what the pros and cons are um, before using that. But, but again, that's uh, just another example of something that's come up in this past 12 months. But definitely using a good broker who's across all the available grants that are available there and the options for you would, uh, would definitely make a big difference between you buying a property or not buying a property in, in some cases. Absolutely. So understanding, you know, not just um, the, the assistance that's available to you from the government or not, but also you know, then your affordability, what you can afford, what you can repay. You know, those are all things that a good broker or a good bank manager or a good home lender should be able to do for you. And they're really there for you to be on your side in helping you fund, you know, the property that you're looking to purchase or get you into that first home. Mm, Absolutely. Well, I found this really interesting. Thank you, Marcus, for... uh uh, researching that for us and, and giving us some more information about um, help for ho- uh, first home buyers. I think that's about us for today. Thank you for that. And uh, I look forward to um, tackling a new pro- uh, new uh, new subject next week. Look, I lost my words there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so again, you know, we're happy to take more questions for first home buyers, um, for people looking to, to use something similar. Also, we've got some great guests coming up over the next couple of weeks that we're really excited about. Again, if you have questions of your own that you'd like us to answer on air or if you'd like us to answer off air, please send them through to ask at sydneypropertyinsider.com.au. That's A-S-K at sydneypropertyinsider.com.au. And we look forward to speaking with you next week. See you soon. Okay, bye.